You're listening to Something Real with Pastor Rich Seiger, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. If you listened to last week's episode on Luke, we're diving a little bit deeper into that. My question is, why does this matter so much? Why is Luke even included in the Gospels? We're going to find that out today and a lot more, so stay tuned. All right, so we're uh, looking at Luke chapter 1 again. We're in this journey through the book of Luke, and as we're getting into this, uh, having seen previously why Luke wants to write this book, to to be able to establish a strong faith, uh, writing to this individual named Theophilus, as well as uh, clearly intending for this to be distributed among the churches and to be read by others. Uh, his purpose in writing it was... Uh, so that we may know the certainty of the things that, that we've been taught. So with that in mind, why in the world does Dr. Luke, uh, a more uh, natural-minded person by trade, or so it would appear, why does he start with uh, this very supernatural-oriented story of the birth of John the Baptist and the angel appearing to Zechariah and to Mary? Uh, and that's kind of a, 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 seems like a strange place to start. And especially talking about the only Gentile writer of Scripture, uh, that kind of brings some, some questions. Yeah, that's, wow, I, I realized that, but when you say the only Gentile writer of the entire Scripture, that's yeah. kind of crazy to think about. Like, why, why was that included? Why is this so important right. out of, you know, everything else? Why is Luke's story why does it matter so much? And why did God choose Luke to, exactly, to, to right. do this? So right. it, it is interesting. It's a unique perspective. And as Luke is, is writing, um, there's a different kind of a vibe from the other Gospels. Right. And so Luke, as a Gentile doctor, a companion of Paul, um, being someone who would be uh, used to just seeing natural cause and effect, observing uh, the human condition and what things can we do to fix various things. Uh, it, it seems likely that this uh, Gentile physician would be less prone to uh, signs and wonders and supernatural phenomena than, than some of the others, uh, whereas that might be more, um, more of the normal background and upbringing for these uh, Jewish writers who had grown up believing that not not like uh, we might see uh, in today uh, today's world where um, so many folks identify as Jewish but but really aren't practicing the more of a secular right. uh, mindset that really wasn't the case nearly as much at that point and so the writers of scripture absolutely coming from a, a spiritual sort of perspective Luke would seem to be less prone to that in his nature and here he leads right out of the gate with Zechariah, this uh, priest of Israel, going into the temple and meeting up with an angel face to face. Seems kind of wild. So would you say it's something that started out as a study and ended up as, whoa, I have to share this with everybody. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't I, start out necessarily thinking, this is going to change me completely, right? Right. Well, you know, we don't know for sure um, what his path was. We just know what we've been told. And so right. when we see uh, you know, him mentioned in traveling with Paul and we see how he's approaching his writing here, um, 
it, it seems pretty clear from what he says in, in the first four verses that he's he's writing this because having investigated these things himself right. from the beginning, it seems to indicate I, I wasn't just researching to write a book. I was researching for myself. Right. I wanted to, I've heard these claims. I, I was wrestling with my own uh, decisions, my own faith. Am I going to believe uh, what these disciples of Christ are, are telling me, these crazy Christians with their claims of resurrection and so on? Am I going to believe that stuff? Uh, I'm not going to just take this at face value. I'm going to investigate it. And then investigating comes to a place of solid faith himself. And much like uh, Josh McDowell did with uh, More Than a Carpenter and Evidence That Demands a Verdict or Lee Strobel with The Case for Christ, going in, perhaps even trying to disprove it. You know, those guys mm -hmm. were coming from an atheist perspective. Mm -hmm. We want to go in and show that this is 100% wrong. And in the process, become converted. And, well, man, this impacted me so much. I have to share this with others. It's funny you mentioned Lee Strobel. I just watched that movie a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't read the book, but now I want to. I've seen the movie. Um, it's on Netflix, so you should watch it. Uh, <laughs> to check it out. Not sponsored by Netflix. Um, <laughs> that is an interesting take on it. I wonder if, if Luke was a biblical Lee Strobel type. Not necessarily an May atheist. May well have been, yeah. But he, Lee Strobel, from what I gathered, it was his wife that had a big impact on him. But it was because he was seeing things. Right. And when you see that... Wanting to rescue her from this right, crazy cult right. she's in. But no, but he was seeing the change in her and yeah. eventually it, it finally got through to him. And then at that point he, I mean, he writes about it and now he's, he's Lee Strobel. Right. <laughs> and yeah. he's connected to all these books and ideas and whatever. And so for Luke to, to come into things, I mean, I don't know if it was from an atheist sort of standpoint um, or what he believed. Yeah, I, there probably were a lot fewer actual atheists right. than, than there would be today. Right. You know. But for him to come in it from whatever standpoint and then to actually see and experience so much that you can't not share it, hmm. that's pretty awesome. And, and I mean, it's what we're all called to do essentially right. in evangelism. But for, for I, I think it, <laughs> Luke seems like a person that so many people can relate to. Well, and as you go through it, bo both in the Gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts, as, as you see it unfold, um, and particularly once it gets to his part of the story where it changes from they to we, we went here, and we, you know, right. where, where we can see, okay, he's traveling with Paul going right. through these things. Now this guy who's been investigating, perhaps skeptical about it, like all unbelievers would mm -hmm. tend to be, mm -hmm. Um, has become convinced why why for most any of us it's usually relationships right. so just as as you were describing with Strobel here's Luke seeing these Christians all right I'm hearing your claims I'm checking out your claims but I'm also seeing your life right and as your life impacts me and and that seems to be a, a picture that or at least a you know I keep going back to the word vibe that this thread that kind of goes through both Luke and Acts is this this true historic thing, and, and Luke gives more dates and names and descriptions than the others, clearly trying to establish a historicity right. so that we can say, okay, I, I can right. firmly... Well, his is, is maybe not so much chronological, but but, uh, but to right. say for sure this happens and you can check it out right. because this happened in this area with these people and, and there's testimony here. But for him to, to continue to see not just the facts of it, but the result of the facts. This happened, and look at these changed lives. That seems to be a, a pretty big part of Luke's understanding of the gospel. 
and I think that's really the case with most of us. It's not just, wow, you make a great argument, so I, now I mentally assent to what you're saying, but you make a great argument, perhaps, but I'm seeing a change in you. I'm seeing a light, and I want that. So when thinking about the importance of this this gospel in the Bible itself and why is it here and everything, I'm wondering if it's a really important gospel for unbelievers. I mean, as well as believers, obviously, but I think the, the bad rap that Christians get nowadays and probably for all time is you talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. And you see thousands of people claiming to be Christians, you know, and saying one thing and acting another way. Sure. So for Luke to, you know, from a, from a scientific, from a factual standpoint, say, I have experienced this because I've seen it. Right. I've seen the way these people are. I've seen what's happened. I've seen the, the fruits of, of these people. I think that's a huge yeah, and, thing. And traveling with Paul through all of his adversity right. and seeing him never waver, right. it's got to have an impact. How huge is that for somebody who might not believe? Sure. Yeah, and I think the Bible is great about including the, the good and the bad in the stories. Right. So other than Jesus, everybody else is flawed. Right. You know, Jesus isn't flawed, but but all the other characters that, that we see here, you know, whether it's Old Testament stories like Abraham and David and, and Moses, and they're, um, they're devout, they're following God, they're being used by God, but they fall, they, they're, they fail, mm-hmm. uh, and yet God still is faithful to them and redeems them. And, and despite the fact that you're talking about some heinous and horrible sins along the way, right. um, that's because of their human shortcomings, not because God is a failure. And so they return to him. And, and you see that in the New Testament as well, that you're talking about bad people. Yeah. You know? And even in the epistles later on, you look at what Paul writes to, to the Corinthian church, man, you're talking about bad folks, incest that's being bragged about, you know, that you, you're involved, a, a man has his, his father's wife, you know, and they're- That's nasty. And they're bragging about it, right. you know, oh, look at our grace. You see some similar things today in in the evangelical church, I think, in America, where we're like priding ourselves on what is really immorality because, oh, you know, God's grace, God loves everybody. And that's just not, that's not real um, biblical holiness as we look at it. The picture of, of grace is always tied to holiness. God is holy, we're not, therefore we need his grace. Right. That doesn't mean God just overlooks everything. Right. And, and so when, whether There's we're talking about Luke or anybody else, to, to record the whole story, to run into the hard questions instead of away from them, mm-hmm. and to wrestle with these things and say, okay, now how do, how do we match up a holy God being served by unholy people who are still his but also have flaws and shortcomings and sometimes even... Uh, you know, live opposite of what they have claimed to believe. And yet we know that they don't stay there. We know that they're not identified with that. But how do we justify these failings? And so whether it's, again, these gospel stories, the epistles, the Bible doesn't shy away from hard questions. Well, it's like you said last time, Christian people should be the most they should have the most questions yeah. and they should be the most willing to struggle with sure. these things. Yeah, intellectual curiosity makes sense when you start with the viewpoint that everything created by God, for God, uh, for his pleasure, points back to God. And so when we, whether we're talking about science, philosophy, whatever field of study we're looking at, uh, if we believe that all reality was created 
by our Heavenly Father and points back to Him and glorifies Him, then why would we ever run away from difficulties when we see paradoxes and, and, and things that just don't seem to match up? Well, we know that it isn't God that's wrong. <laughs> it's, right. We need to figure out how this aligns. So intellectual curiosity makes sense but for us. But it's so much easier to change it to fit what we want. <laughs> well, and we've done that. I, <laughs> right. think, I think that's one of the reasons that we've lost the narrative in that's so many areas. That's the God is love thing, no matter what. Right. So it's easier for us. My son just was texting me this morning about a conversation he was having with somebody about how can a loving God uh, and, a, and the existence of hell, how can those things coexist? Right. Um, well, so often we've had the perspective uh, or, or been force fed the perspective of just accept it, just, you know, just, right. you know, just believe it doesn't have to make sense. Just believe it. You know, that's faith. Faith means it doesn't have to make sense. Well, that's not quite the picture of faith that we have in scripture. It does mean that I trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding. It does mean that, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I stop trying to understand there are things that I can't understand. I'm not equipped for that. Just like, you know, my 11-year-old can't understand quantum mechanics. She's very smart. I'm 30 and but, I can't understand But she, she can't understand. I don't either. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> um, so to be able to, to go through these things, there are, there are certain things that you can explain and you still can't get it. You're not equipped for that. And there are a lot of things like that. So right now, as Paul said, we see in part. And when, we're, when we are completed, when we are perfected in God's presence then we'll be able to see in full. In the meantime, we keep on investigating. We keep on pursuing. That's interesting. I think that, you know, that's something we can dive into deeper on a different episode, the idea that we just kind of change things to put God in a box that mm -hmm. we want. Um, I'm thinking of, I guess I'm here for all your pop culture references. <laughs> I'm thinking of a line in, in A Walk to Remember, okay. which is a great movie. You should watch it. <laughs> um, I think I actually have your copy of you it. You do. So. I want it back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a line, uh, the main character, Jamie, is a devout Christian, and, and she ends up, I guess, much like Elise Drobel type, eventually changing her, her boyfriend throughout the movie. Hmm. Spoiler alert. Um, oh, man. <laughs> no, you don't have to watch it. Um, but there's, I'm giving you away the whole story here, but there's a, <laughs> she has leukemia, and... Uh, I really don't have to watch you it. You really so. don't. Mandy Moore's great, though. Um, there's a point in the movie where she tells her boyfriend, I do not need a reason to be angry with God. And, you know, like you're saying, it's kind of when people say, how could God let this happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? If God were so loving, he wouldn't have, we wouldn't have earthquakes or fires mm. or whatever. And I, that's very difficult to, to, for even, you know, me or I wouldn't hope everybody to wrap their head around so I think things like in Luke where you're seeing factual things instead of just trying to understand everything sure that's much easier to grasp yeah you know as you say some of these things I'm getting fired up inside and we could talk all day long and then we'd never end the episode but uh, there are a lot of things where we engage questions that are not valid that right. um, that are really red herrings. That that our enemy, the devil, will will create questions that don't lead anywhere. That are uh, based on logical fallacies. And so, as we pursue those things, then we don't deal with the things that actually matter. Uh, and so, I like you know you're having not seen the movie, but now knowing everything about <laughs> it, I like your perspective with that. That um, I don't 
need a reason to be angry with God. You know, it's we do create things to be mad at God for. We we come up with things. It's really rather insane that we do. Right. But we do. Oh, my my life stinks. Why do this, God? (laughs) Right. And and regardless of the fact that most of it results from my choices that led me down this path. You know, how dare God allow this to happen? Well, well even like natural disasters or whatever, they have no control over. People get sure. angry with God. That's the first. Or somebody dies. Right. Well, how could God let this happen? And, you know. Yeah. Which is why we have to look at all of Scripture and go back to Genesis. Okay, how did we get into this situation in the first place? And so when we look at something like the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Thank you for bringing it so, back. <laughs> you know, he's, um, he's setting the stage here in chapter 1. So this first chapter, while it's pointing to Christ, isn't actually about Christ. We see the Annunciation uh, as Gabriel visits Mary and, right. and says, you're going to have this baby. Uh, and she's like, what? Um, so, but it's really not about that. It's not about Jesus. It's not really even about Mary. It's setting the stage for Jesus and showing from the very beginning, this isn't just an accident. It's not like natural things that happen. This is the actual intervention of God into your everyday life, which is exactly what we want this podcast to be about, is bringing the reality of God to bear on the realities of your everyday life. That's exactly what happens in chapter 1 here. Zechariah is doing his his job. Now, it's a sacred job as a priest, and he's doing something that is that's fantastic uh, in its nature to be able to represent the people before God. But it, it's still his job. It's his everyday right. thing that he's doing. And this time, unlike every other time he's done his job, an angel shows up mm-hmm. and says, hey, old guy, too old to have children with a, a woman who's barren and old, too old to have children. God says you're going to have a baby. Not only are you going to have a baby, you're going to have the baby, the prophet who will uh, be the forerunner of the Messiah. And here's how it's going to happen. He's like, um, really? I'm not really sure. Well, let me give you a sign. Because you didn't believe, now you can't talk until after all this comes to pass. And his and wife was like, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Uh, so, you know, as they're as you're going through this process, Luke is showing, look, this isn't just we go along and we have another, uh, you know, another truth claim explanation of of religious concepts. No, this is God reaching into your world right now saying Zechariah I'm answering your prayers literally literally <laughs> you know and so then with Mary who's not praying for this right. he's reaching in and and answering prayers that Mary didn't pray and she's you go from this this uh sacred uh, role of the priest to this common girl and God's working through both of them and she's going to have a baby not in a natural way having not had the relationship with the man that would create that that baby in the first place. And the angel says, hey, you're going to do this. And she's like, can you possibly explain how this works? Because, uh, you know, I don't know a lot. I'm young, but uh, I did have enough <laughs> biology know to know that. <laughs> and this is okay. So here's how this is going to work. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. And they're going to call this child the Son of God because it's actually going to be the Son of God. And she's like, okay, then be it unto me the way you've declared it here. And all of this is setting the stage to say, when God makes promises, he keeps promises. And he doesn't just wind up the watch and then let it go. He's actively involved. 
And it's not necessarily, you know, we we look at that as such, I mean, obviously one of the biggest stories in the mm-hmm. Bible, and that's, you know, every Christmas rolled around. You yeah, hear. for sure. But God reaches into our lives just as much, mm. and we might not even see it. Right. Just because, you know, an angel's not appearing to us in the night Absolutely. doesn't mean he's not reaching in. And I think that has to be at least part of what Luke has in mind here. Right. As he's if his purpose in writing is not that it's metaphoric no know. no no but but to say for sure look god did this therefore when god says he's going to do this in the future that you know christ is going to return that he'll be with you all, all of these things that he says you can, have faith. you can trust this because he's actively making his promises come about that's a lot it is <laughs> well i think that's where we're going to wrap up today We've gone over our time. I think it's our longest podcast yet. (gasps) That means it's going to keep getting longer, doesn't it? (laughs) Or we're going to have to change something. That's true. All right. Well, tune in next time. We'll dive in deeper to this. And uh, be sure to tune in on uh, Sundays or Mondays whenever I get around to posting it. And you can, uh, we'll dive in deeper with our sermons on Sunday. Rich tries to keep them under an hour. Or two. So you can learn more then. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening today. You can check us out on Facebook or you can send us an email if you have any questions or leave us a voicemail using the Anchor app. Uh, You can also check out our Sunday sermons that will be uploaded every Sunday and they will go a little bit deeper into what we talk about on these more informal podcasts. We'll see you next time.